This is the Score Podcast. Welcome again to the Score Podcast, where we always speak to the most innovative groundbreakers and researchers in the financial services industry. In late October, the Federal Housing Finance Agency, or FHFA, which is the government regulator that oversees Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, made a groundbreaking announcement. Indeed, the agency announced the validation and approval of the VantageCore 4.0 credit score model for use by Fannie and Freddie. In the press release, FHFA stated that the new models improve accuracy by capturing new payment histories for borrowers when available, such as rent, utilities, and telecom payments. So a question, is this a big deal? The answer is yes. I'm Jeff Richardson, host of The Score Podcast. One of our nation's most important challenges is a widening racial wealth gap. Critical to solving this is helping more creditworthy but underserved borrowers get financing to purchase homes where they can build equity. But how do we do that in a safe and sound way? The answer, at least in part, is using a borrower's rent payments as part of the calculation of their credit scores. Today, I'm joined by Jung Choi, one of the authors of a study that explored how including on-time rental payment history in credit scoring could help narrow the black-white home ownership gap. Jung is a senior research associate with the Housing Finance Policy Center at Urban Institute. She studies urban inequality, focusing on housing, urban economics, real estate finance, and disadvantaged populations in the housing market. Before joining Urban, Jung was a postdoctoral scholar at the University of Southern California's Price Center for Social Innovation, where her research examined innovative housing and social policies to enhance the quality of life for lower-income households. Jung, thank you for being with us today. Thanks for inviting me, Jeff. I'm delighted to be here today. Let's start at sort of the 1,000-foot level. The term alternative data gets thrown out there quite a bit, including quite often on this podcast. But how do you at Urban define what alternative data actually is? Alternative data can actually be any data that is not typically considered in the underwriting process and is currently underreported or not included in credit files of the free national credit bureaus. So in our report, we focus on rent payment and cash flow data, which has the greatest potential to predict future mortgage payment. No studies have so far examined the direct relationship between past rent payment and mortgage default because of data limitations. However, our research did find that past mortgage payment is a stronger predictor of future mortgage payment than FICO scores. And of course, rent payment has many things in common with a mortgage payment in terms of purpose, frequency, and the amount of payment. People sometimes forget that before automatic underwriting system was in place in the 1990s, rent was an important variable that was used in mortgage underwriting. Although the adoption of AUS and credit scores did enhance efficiency in mortgage underwriting, including rent payment in credit scoring could further enhance accuracy and equity into the system. I also finally want to note that our research focuses only on positive rent payment because we do not want to harm those who have missed their payments. Additionally, mispayment is reported to the credit files if it goes to a collection agency, while positive payments are largely omitted in the credit bureau data. So the system currently only penalizes those who miss payment and have not rewarded those who make positive rent payments. 
That's a great point. And very interesting that rent payments were actually part of the underwriting process prior to the invention of scores and automated underwriting. Let's just talk about the the study and the data for a second. To do the study, Urban partnered with Isuzu, which is an awesome fintech that actually facilitates rent reporting to the bureaus. What did the study discover? So there have been few existing studies that looked at the relationship between rent reporting and credit scores. We find very similar results from these studies that including rent history data is beneficial to those without a credit score and those with lower credit scores. More specifically, we find that those who do not have a credit score because of no or thin files, their average Vantage score becomes 676 when we include 12 month of positive rent payment and 686 when we include 24 months of positive rent payments. Also, for those with Vantage score below 600, their scores went up by average of 42 points or about 9% when 12 months of positive rent payment was included. But those with scores above 780, their scores went up by 7 points or 1% once 12 month positive rent payments was included. So again, you're saying that those with low scores or no scores are disproportionately benefiting from including rent payment on time. Wow. So whether you're just starting out or maybe you've had some challenges in the past, adding positive rent payments can really provide a nice benefit. So what are the implications here? What do you think about when we talk about inclusion? What are those implications? So currently there's about 53 million adults who do not have a classic FICO score. Also, we do find that Black adults are most likely to have no FICO scores or FICO scores below 600 followed by Latino adults. So by including positive rent payment, those who previously did not have a credit score could be scored, which could help them to get access to mortgage. Some of those with lower FICO scores previously could also experience a gain in their credit score. And also, of course, our Vantage Core 10T also include rental payments. So expanding the usage of Vantage Core 10T could also help them to increase their credit scores and lower their mortgage payment. As people of color, again, are more likely to be renters and are more likely to have low or no FICO score, including rental payment into credit scores can have a disproportionately larger positive impact to this population, making the system more inclusive. What are some of the remaining barriers to using alternative data in credit scoring and what can we do about increasing the positive impact that could have? Currently, less than 5% of rent payments are reported to the credit bureaus. So even if Vantage Score 4.0 is used right now today, the impact will not be as large as expected because of the lack of rent payment reported to the credit files. And the U.S. rental market is fragmented, meaning that we have many different types of landlord in the space. Currently, about a half of the rental properties are owned by mom-and-pop landlords, and it is especially cumbersome for these landlords to separately report their tenants' rent to the free credit bureaus, which have very different systems. However, with improvement of technology, there are some rent reporting companies like Isuzu and Built, which are making rent reporting much more easier than before. So we are expecting to see more data come into the space. Finally, I do also want to mention that including rent payment in mortgage underwriting is not a silver bullet for closing the racial homeownership gap. 
although our report did find that including rent could have disproportionately larger benefit for households of color, we also found that renters of color are more likely to miss rent. This indicates that we also have to make efforts to strengthen the financial health of communities of color for them to have a better chance of attaining and sustaining homeownership and building wealth through homeownership when rent payments are including in the credit scores and mortgage underwriting. That's a great point. I think we tend to be very prescriptive in some of these solutions, but we do need to also realize that there are broad financial health challenges that we as stakeholders need to address. Let's end it there, Jung. Thank you very much for being a guest on The Score Podcast. Thank you. According to a 2017 U.S. Census report, Black, Hispanic, and Asian populations in the United States increased 11.6%, 20%, and 29.3% respectively since 2010. And that's why the white population grew only by 4.3%. And this implies that a majority of the U.S. population will be non-white by the year 2050. What that tells us is in order to compete, we need to make fundamental changes in how we underwrite consumers that don't use credit the same way as maybe our parents did. Using more advanced scoring models is just one of the levers that needs to be pulled, but it's clearly an important one. I'm Jeff Richardson, and I look forward to our next conversation. The views and opinions expressed in this episode do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of VantageScore Solutions. Visit VantageScore.com to learn more.